This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. I'm Emily Fox. Anais Mitchell has won a Grammy and eight Tony Awards for her musical Hades Town. She's also part of Bonnie Light Horseman. has been featured as part of Justin Vernon of Bonnie Vare and Aaron Desner of the Nationals Project Big Red Machine. You were laughing when the lights went out. I recall it all forever. How we found us where we lay. And she's out with her first new solo album in a decade. Anais Mitchell joins me now to talk about her career. Hello. Hi, Emily. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So in between your last solo record and this one, you spent a decade working on your musical Hades Town. Talk about the process of creating a musical and why that process takes so much time. Mm, yeah, I think it always takes a lot of time, but especially for me, <laughs> the learning curve was pretty steep. I started working on Hades Town in my like middle 20s. I was just getting going as a songwriter and it began as this like DIY community theater project in Vermont, which is where I was living. And then a couple years later, I made a studio record of the sort of latest draft of it. And then it entered the music world and ended up kind of touring around with it um, just as a piece of music, like an audio piece for a while. And then I really wanted to develop it further for the stage, but it was hard to figure out how to do that, who to work with. Eventually, I moved to New York City. I met Rachel Chavkin, and the, the um, who's the director of the show and the producers. And then it was another like six years of development, really just like rewriting, rewriting, rewriting the piece to try to make it work as a piece of drama as well as as a piece of music. Wow. And then that came out in in 2019. Did it have to like end early or be taken off Broadway? I mean, because of all the COVID stuff that was happening? Yeah, I mean, we were shut down for a year and a half, but it's back up again. And there's actually there's a tour happening. So it was like it's on Broadway and there's a national tour. So ah, that's one come back to life. Yeah. Do you feel like you have to tap into a different type of songwriting for writing for a musical versus like a solo project like this album you just came out with? You know, it's funny, like I've always been a very kind of wordy, (laughs) wordy songwriter. I love storytelling in songs. I love like British Isles balladry, kind of epic balladry and like Towns Van Zandt, Texas songwriter tradition. So in that sense, it's not like a huge leap to go from writing songwriter songs to writing musical songs. I will say that this record I've just made is pretty different for me. Like it's um, a lot of times working in Unhated Sound, but also my other records, um, I dressed up in the kind of voices of other characters a lot. I like to like tell other people's stories and kind of uh, just sort of gain access to like this larger than life sound that way. And this record is the first time that I, the speaker in the songs is myself and the, and the stories are my own stories. It's like, it's, I feel like this is almost a dirty word now, but it's like a confessional album, you know? And that is really new for me. And it, I think it took a while to find my voice again after working on that show for so long. Wow. Well, you do so much, you know, again, like the musical, you're involved with Bonnie Light Horseman, Big Red Machine, your solo stuff. I'm curious how you juggle it all and how all of these different projects fuel you differently. 
Yeah. And ideally, like they fuel each other, you know, I think that's what some people are like, oh, you're doing so many things. But it's ultimately like at its best, a side project sort of gives life to, you know, whatever your main project is and, and vice versa. I, I have found that there's like an energy around side projects that is often so magical because it's not necessarily anybody's identity. That certainly was true of Bonnie Light Horseman. And I think also for Justin and Aaron, that Big Red Machine is has got that energy about it. It's like, it's not their identity. So they're able to be really free with it and kind of exploratory with it. And um, at one point, Town was my side project. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was like this weird other thing I was doing. But yeah, I mean, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to collaborate with these people that I'm super inspired by. Um, it definitely is sort of life-giving and, and I think informs my own songwriting. In a box under the stairs Found the lock of a child's hair Suddenly I saw you there Runny-eyed in a wooden chair Well, this new solo album you just released has so much nostalgia in it. I mean, even before I read up about what it was about and its inspiration, you know, I could just hear it in the lyrics, but also the music really feels that nostalgic feeling. And then I come to find out, you know, you wrote this album after fleeing New York City at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, to give birth to your second child in Vermont where you grew up and you've been there ever since. Talk about that journey back home and what that transition has been like to leave the big city and then just come home. Yeah, it was huge for us and it was not planned. You know, we, um, it was, I was nine months pregnant, literally like my, you know, ready to go <laughs> when the pandemic reached New York and, um, really made like a last minute decision to leave and have the baby in Vermont. And we went to my family's farm. So um, this is where I grew up. My parents have a home. My brother's family has a home on this farm. And when my grandparents were alive, they had a little house too, which now is our house. And that's where we moved. The baby was born like one week after we got there. And then, yeah, we were just in this extraordinary like time of stillness like I hadn't experienced in as long as I could remember not only not having shows like not having an occasion to travel but also you know having Hadestown kind of in the rearview mirror and the city I mean the city which has got like just its life of its own (laughs) all the time it was quiet I could like see the literal stars you know for the first time in a long time bright star I just had a lot of space and time to um, to like reconnect with myself, the natural world, my family, and I also I did sort of come face to face with my childhood in this way. Like I was there, I was in my grandparents' house where I spent a lot of time as a kid, and. I was surrounded by objects that I remembered from my childhood. I found a box of um, my journals from high school and college, and I I read them. I burned some of them because <laughs> they were so embarrassing. I read these old letters from my grandma, and I just was, like, flooded with, like, sense memory from my childhood. And so there's a lot about that on the record, and there's a lot of, like, looking back my childhood and also my kind of young, like, ambitious hustling years as a songwriter and then there's also just like 
relocating myself in the context of my hometown, but now I'm a grown up, you know, and having to do that again and again, you run into your like ninth grade English teacher and it's like, okay, I'm a grown up, I'm a grown up, I'm a grown up, you know, that's been quite a process which I'm still in. And I think that all these songs are informed by that. I recall small town stars, the radio tower and the reservoir, the way it was, the way it goes, and the crazy way you drove back. The song Backroads reminds me of, of life growing up in the country. But then there's a, a twist in the song where you start to kind of talk about race there. Say goodbye to childhood, getting wild up in the woods, drop the cans when the policeman showed, and everybody dove backroads, different cop on the same night, stopped a kid about a taillight. Somebody thought he didn't look right, might as well have said he didn't look white, might have Tell me more about this song. I started writing it almost like purely as a nostalgia piece about my um, my kind of growing up in a rural place. And it's about young love, it's about my, my high school boyfriend. It's about a sort of a feeling that we were, we felt like we were living on the edge in some way, you know? <laughs> um, which looking back, like the edge was nowhere in sight, but that's what it <laughs> felt like at the time. And there's a scene I started to write that was like us going to a party in the woods. This is what would happen in Vermont. There'd be like a, there'd be like a tailgate party at some like, abandoned town road and you're drinking beer underage and the police would come and and uh, everyone would throw their beer cans into the woods and kind of scatter and I was writing the scene and it was I was right in the middle of that song when um, when George Floyd was killed and the Black Lives Matter protest started to surge and it just became so clear that what I was writing was a song of white privilege you know that the story was a was a white story because I was allowed to have a, a young adulthood where I felt like I could be a rebel of some kind. And actually, I was surrounded by sort of benevolent, loving, protective adults that were allowing me to feel free. And that that's, that's not often the experience of a black kid growing up in this country. And so I, I couldn't figure out what to do except to write that into the song, you know. And so that's where that that part of the song comes from and I think it also is a little bit about well just like returning to your small town after being away from it and and just seeing it for what it is you know when you're when you're growing up in it it's not even a small town <laughs> it's mm -hmm. the whole world you know and then returning to it and seeing how small it was and how you know how protected we were and just the acknowledgement that we were allowed to have that sense of freedom that a black kid growing up in this country might not be allowed to feel. Mm, yeah. Another song that I really love, I mean, there's so many songs that I love on this this album, but another song I want to talk about is uh, Little Big Girl. There's a part where the lyrics depict a scene of a young girl trying to put on makeup like her mom, and then it transitions to her mom coming home from work. See her in the mirror in your makeup case Who's that little girl with the lines on her face Painting on the eyes of a grown And I'm 
sure motherhood was very much on your mind when you wrote this record, if you had moved back home, you know, had a second child. And I'm curious what was going through your mind when you wrote this song. This song took me years to finish. I remember I was on tour and it was 2016 when the first verse of it kind of dropped into my lap and I thought, oh, this is real, like this is this is an important song for me to write. And um, and then I just, I couldn't figure out how to finish it. I think I, try, I tried multiple times to write it and it felt like what I was writing was like a feminist anthem of some kind, you know, like me up, up on a soapbox, like having it all figured out and like telling it like it is. And that didn't feel honest because like, that's not actually, the song is really about a woman not having it all figured out and also sort of looking at her mom and realizing that her mom didn't have it all figured out. And um yeah, so it took a long time to figure out how to how to finish that song, but it did ultimately feel like it it was true. Where it landed was something true. And and maybe you're right. It's like I had to move back. I had to have another kid. <laughs> I had to move back home and re-encounter kind of I actually can picture myself seeing my own reflection in the window of my grandma's house. And you know the way you see your reflection in a window in the dark and it's kind of um it's impressionistic. It doesn't necessarily look like you and I can picture it as my mom's face. So that's that's where that part of the song comes from. Standing in the kitchen with a ticking clock and you catch your own reflection in the window in the dark. And for a moment it's your mama coming home from work. Tell her you love her. Tell her you're her little big girl. song that I love is Watershed. I feel like it's so descriptive of, of nature. You stop and bend in the light that's left. You cup your hands in the riverbed. Watershed. Watershed. Where were you when you wrote that song? Watershed. Like mentally, where were you? That word watershed, obviously it's like a, a metaphorical idea, but there is a literal place near where I went to high school, which is called the Watershed. It's a hiking area. I used to, I used to go there with my boyfriend in high school, and actually, that word makes an appearance in the song "Backroads." Um, you know, I met you at the watershed. Heaven was above your head. Met you at the watershed the day the doors of high school closed. God opens the window back. And then I actually went hiking in that place during the summer of the pandemic, and. Um, I just kept turning that word over in my mind, finding it so beautiful. And I guess, especially because it, it felt like um, I was at a watershed in my own life. Like I, I, I'd been in the woods for years, you know, in New York, working on my musical, trying to keep up with being a mom, working on this show. And suddenly there's like a clearing, like I came to a vista, you know, and I could see behind me and I could see ahead of me. And those moments, they don't happen that often in a lifetime. You know, you get them once in a while. And I felt like I was at one of those moments. Nobody gives you a map of the ridge. You climb one mountain and you find the next. Follow the river to the fountainhead watershed. The tallest summit you look up to. Someday it's gonna look small to you. There's a new one coming into view. 
and you'll climb that too, but before you do, you get time to stand looking off the ledge, where the rivers branch to the east and the west, and to catch your breath at the sight of it. Of the heights on which your heart was set, that you won so hard and then lost so fast, are now somehow just silhouettes. You stop and bend in the light that's left, and you cup your hands in the riverbed. What is next for you? Well, I'm out. Um, I'm out on the road again right now, which has been amazing. It feels like a miracle. We had to um, cancel the first seven shows of this trip just because the COVID numbers were surging, and um, I almost didn't think it was going to happen at all. But here we are, rolling around, playing these songs. I'm also touring with Bonnie Light Horseman, and we have a record. Our second LP is coming out in the fall of this year, so. I think that'll be the next thing is sharing that music. I'm really excited to I'm excited to do more writing. It's just kind of not the zone I'm in right now, sort of a sharing time <laughs> right now. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to, to doing more. Wow, that's amazing. So you've just released a solo album, Bonnie Light Horseman. More out, more music's coming out from them. Um, Anais Mitchell, thank you so much for your time today and congrats on your latest project. Thank you, Emily, and thanks for sharing the music. What a shit 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 That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and consider giving a one-time $20 donation to help support this show at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks for listening.